Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. Ori, old school cars compared to the new. Simple versus complicated, Mick. That's what, that's how I'll sum it up. And look, and what do you find the experience is between new and old? Old, you have to drive the car. So you have to know how to drive. You have to know how the car works. You know, you, you stall on the side of the road. You need to know what you're doing. There's no but There's no computer sensor there's a light that might flash and saying you've got to work out what that extra light means because half the time it doesn't even tell you what the light actually indicates. Where these days it tells you a low pressure tyre front left, uh, oil overheating. It tells you all these things. The car's talking to you, so you're more tuned in. With old school, you need to understand the car, how it works, how it doesn't work. So you do have to listen to the car, see what's happening, and then work out, well, hang on, that noise I haven't heard for a while. There's something wrong. Do I have to check it out? Whatever. But as you said, the newer cars basically explain everything via digital um, responses. You know, but even, let's go back to when I bought the 360 and you took it for the first drive. You know, you picked up front left ball join isn't right. Yeah, because I was used to driving it, so you can feel it. It is a, it's quite an analog car for a modern for a modern Ferrari. It's still quite analog. Where I wonder if we were driving a new, I don't know, F8 Tributo, would you pick that the ball join isn't quite right, or there would be much probably a sensor saying front left. Well, certainly the sensors would say these things or would show this, but then again, if it's a newer car, you wouldn't expect to have any really issues that you would pick up. You know, just the gearboxes in these things, a manual gearbox. Kids these days, or young, the young generation, wouldn't understand what, what rev, what do you mean revving out, over revving, right in the clutch, revving, rev matching, all that sort of stuff. You know, but, the, you know, some of the youngsters are going back to um, because in the end you want to be entertained and driving a, a modern car is not possibly not as entertaining. Well, we don't think it's as entertaining as the old school cars. Well, I think you're not driving the modern car. The car's driving you. The that's car's right. driving you, you know. And now safety features we'll speak about later, but absolutely tick for all the safety features versus the old. I mean, the, those early cars... Didn't even have seatbelts. That's right. No seatbelts. No. Now, if we look at the early Ferraris, which, you know, we love looking at Ferraris, of course. Uh, now, when they first came out, like with the, a lot of the other cars, you know, they had drum brakes. It's no power steering. The steering wheel was so big to be able to get the leverage to be able to turn. So is that one of the reasons why the steering wheel was so big? That's correct. Because they were so big, basically, to get the leverage to be able to turn the thing. So hence, you see those old racing cars of, that, of the period wheels. and the old... That's why. Okay, I see. I didn't know that. So really, it was the axles, the 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 engine, the gearbox, the wheels, suspension, the and suspension, where you go, and that's it. And the and the body. Kit. So if we look at the Ferraris, for example, when they were going through the earlys, the fifties, the sixties, the technology they had in the you know the engine, suspension, all that. But when it came to updating things, like they went from drum brakes to disc, no one really complained about that because that was that was better. It was stop better, quicker. Stop quicker. But it, it wasn't something that deteriorated from your driving experience. No, it actually enhanced. It enhanced it. Your yeah. driving. How about ABS braking? Well, ABS braking, that's a, that's a different one, you see. Now, with ABS braking, you don't have to know how to brake anymore. You can just slam your brakes on the ABS will do it. But with an old school car without ABS, you've got to realise that, well, hang on, if you're braking, you're skidding, then you're not braking 
quick enough. So you've got to take off your foot a little bit, put it back on, put it, take it off, put it back on. So what the ABS does these days. So is that enhancing your driving or, uh, or uh, detracting? In your opinion. Well, that's interesting, that one, because I'm not sure whether it's uh, detracting from it, but it, it certainly enhances it from one point of view because you don't have to worry that you can just slam on your brakes. However, in terms of your input to driving, I think it's better without the ABS. See, and I, I think a little bit different to that, and the only reason is if you look at the new Mercedes S-Class, which Peter Hackett spoke to us about, the ambassador, that ABS in the rain adjust their sensors that tell how much rain is coming into the tyre, around the tyre, into the braking system and adjusts it, just the ABS, to then brake. Yeah, so in, in other that, words, it so gets... for the, me, that's a safety feature. Well, there's no doubt. Look, right? the ABS so, is a definite safety feature and you wouldn't buy a car without it. But again, you know, in terms of the driving experience, you have to know how to drive uh, you know, be more experienced to be able to drive without ABS at pace. Or in an emergency situation. I just, I, I like the old school. We, I like the old, there's something wrong with your car. Now, you know there's something wrong. There might be a ticking sound. There's something, right? You've heard it. It's, what did you used to do? Go to the mechanic or the technician, open the bonnet, and they'd done their test and had a look and the timing belts were out. And this, that was all done manually. Now, they plug it into a computer yep. and the diagnostics read out, tells them what they need to fix. Change that sensor, do this, do that. Don't worry about that sensor. We'll cancel that one out. You'll be all right. And, and, and you know, should I, I should ask Mario, our technician, and I'm not trying to detract from what they do, but it's obviously made their job a lot easier too, the technology, because they don't have to work it out. It's already worked out for them. Or do they still have to go through all the processes they once did with the old classic cars, the old cars that didn't have all this technology? Yeah, I think when it comes to uh, a modern car with all that, and there's, you know, sort of it's done 30, 40, 50,000 kilometres and things go wrong, then if you plug it in and they can't really find out from the diagnostics, that's when they really got to put their thinking hats out. Go back to yeah. old school. So something's not quite right with a gearbox, but the diagnostics doesn't pick that up, you know. And they would just change modules in a lot of it. But picking up things, I think it's probably harder in a new car if something drastically goes wrong compared to an older car. Well, I think, and there's another thing, and I remember my grandfather was saying this, and he worked at GMH Holders. I think with the, the newer cars, there's so much more that can go wrong because of all the computers and all the technology that's in the cars. What could go wrong in the old? No doubt. There the was nothing. Ferrari, really. What's going to go? And the engine? The air conditioner may not work. When, if when you've they got did, one. When they if did come out one. with the air conditioner. The radio? If you had one. That's it. The, the power windows? That was a, technolo a technological advancement instead of the winders. What else? See, no one complained about the windows, uh, the electric windows, but you know? people did complain. I remember when the first Ferrari really brought out the power steering. They didn't like it? They didn't like it. No, because uh, you're not getting the, the feel on the road from the power steering compared to the normal power steering. But even then they brought out not only the power steering, which was hydraulic, then they brought out electric power steering, which was even less feel. But now they make in the cars, they do use electronics to get the feel back rather than, you know, the analogue. So, you know, you look at, let's look at your 456. The back wing, you know, descends and ascends at speed. Yeah, the diffuser at the bottom, the, yeah. It opens up. That's a technological advancement, let's call it. Yeah? Yes. 
does that enhance the drivability of the car? Or are we not driving it at that level to even notice the difference? Well, I certainly can't notice the difference. I mean, that is, uh, that's supposed to give you more downforce when you're going up above 120 kilometres an hour. You know, Wait, for uh, me, if something was to go wrong with that, it gets jammed or the sensor doesn't pick up, then it's something else you need to fix. Correct. It's, it's already complicated for me. And actually in the model after the M, the, the 456M, they gave a fixed wing. There you go. It may be for that very reason. It was that very reason, the maintenance. So, you know, that's what I love about the 360, my 360. It's it's really simple. It's basic. There's and nothing it's really also, in there. And it also helps because you've got a gated shift or a manual. So there's less that goes yep. wrong with a manual gearbox than it than does with F1. an F1. Yep, good point. You very know. good point. So Have an automatic gearbox, not F1, just a normal automatic. Because Ferrari made a few automatics. Yeah, well, they brought that like the out. The 400i was a couple of automatic ones and things Correct. like that. Yep, that was the first lot of the automatics I think they brought out, unless there were specials out there. But uh, And even the automatics, see, when they brought out the automatic, the Ferrari uh, uh, enthusiasts said, well, hang on, an automatic Ferrari, that's ridiculous. I agree. Now, I would have thought the same thing. However, they did make them, Enzo did make them for the American market. Okay. So, you know, the Americans demanded... Uh, automatics now they've had automatics they had electric everything from you know the 50s you know the cadillacs the you know there was electric everything because they were just cru- well i shouldn't say just cruise cars but they were cruise cars yeah it compared to let's say a driver's car so a driver's car they want you know you do want to be able to do things yourself you know my son took uh, the dino 274 out uh, we went for a drive he's got to concentrate it went through the hills. You can't just, uh, you know, go and put it in automatic and away you go. You have to concentrate. Steering's heavy, clutch is heavy, you know. So it, it does give a better feel, I think, to the experience of driving. And in the future when, you know, you've got these driverless cars now, let's face it, you'll be, you know, and they'll go all electric, all that. What will happen is you'll end up getting an old school car and keeping one because you want it for the entertainment. Yeah, of driving, it'll be like a, you know, uh, you know the royal show. You're going on something. No, but you're actually doing. You're something. doing something rather than it doing it yourself. I mean, you might as well just catch a plane. 100 percent agree uh, with you there. And we said it years uh, in years to come, people will get into a manual car and there'll be a stick coming through, you know, in front of their knee, and they'll say, "What the hell is that for?" And you know, they won't even know how to use it, let alone three pedals. We've got three accelerators here, or maybe two accelerators and a brake. They won't know how to use it because they'll be so antiquated and haven't seen it that it, it's going to be interesting to see. But then I look at, you say, you know, they want the driverless cars and things like that, heads-up display or things where stops you from crashing into another car, uh, you know, the sensors on the mirrors. I like all that stuff. Yeah, so but it, safety stuff I actually do enjoy. Yeah, but does that mean also you're driving uh, with less attention? I think anything that forces you not to take your hands off the steering wheel means you're actually driving with more attention. So in the past, you had to take your hand off the steering wheel to change the radio. Now you can roll your thumbs on the Ferrari and the back, I think, actually the back of the steering wheel has got the little rollers, right? You can, you can talk to the cars and say, you know, change radio or whatever it may be, but your hands are still on that steering wheel. So I think for me, I do like that part of technology where you can still concentrate on driving the car what you've also got though is like you said you, it's very hard to crash that car because it's got all the sensors there protecting you from sliding from hitting buttons that the car's coming left and right i get all that so 
are you really driving it or not driving? But I think you still are focused on driving, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not sure whether you're as focused. There's no doubt. I, I, I think you're less focused in a new car than you are in an old car. So it starts to rain. The windscreen wipers come on automatically. You don't like that. Oh, look, I love it. No, no. I've got no dramas of, you know, for a daily driver having all those features and having all those safety features. No doubt it's fantastic. You know, the anti-lock brakes, the 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 wipers, intermittent wipers, everything, all that safety features, I think it's fantastic. And they active features, not just passive safety features. Correct. Um, but in terms of the driving experience, it's, it's not the same and I'm more... I'm more alert when I'm driving the Dino or the 456. Uh, look, 100%, I see it. Now, when I drive my 360, I'm the most, I mean, my phone's in the glove box. It's nowhere near me because I don't want to be disturbed because I know I'm focusing on what I'm having to do. And listening to the car and looking at the dials and looking at the temperatures, gauges of all. Nowadays, you don't even get those temperature gauges. Yeah, that's you know, right. I mean, you, got, you can flick through and see them, obviously, when you go through the little scroll or button or whatever you've got on your car. You can see all those things, but they're not actually in your face like they once were. It's just a rev meter and a speedo, right? And what, and what about things like if we go back to uh, one of the recent ones we did was the Porsche 930. One of them has got the old school turbo. turbo. Now, the old school turbo has got a lot of lag. Now, do you prefer that with a lot of lag or the new ones that now you've got twin turbos so you don't even know they're actually turbos? You're constantly in turbo. Yeah, you're, <laughs> that's right. It's from the – so there's no lag, there's no – thinking about when you go around the corner that if you're going, if you want to put your foot down and the turbo cuts in, you're going to lose the back end. So, you know, I even thought about that and I'm thinking, well, what do I prefer? And really, I do like the lag in a non-daily driver. Yes. So, you know, that 930, you know, you've got to keep it above the uh, turbo range, you know, so make sure you're in. You're ready to go if you put your foot down. But, so let's go back, and I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said in a non-daily driver. Non-daily driver. The new driver. Porsches, for example, are daily drivers. The new Ferraris, the are Roma, daily drivers. are daily drivers. Yeah. They're making them to drive every day. They want, and, and you know what, in Europe, that's why the Lusso, the four, yeah, the four-seater, is a daily driver. Snow. It, snow, right, usability. The old ones, I don't think Enzo ever made them to say, well, in, to, well, to be daily drivers, because right, don't forget it. It was born out of racing. No, he was born out of racing, but the, the cars that he produced was mainly, he liked the GTs for people to use daily. So he himself had a 330 GT 2 plus 2. Yeah, so he wanted the V12, yeah. tick, yeah. and he wanted four seats, tick, so he could take his wife right. and his family with him. So he did expect them to be daily drivers. I mean, the old super fast, I mean, they had all the electronics, not point. electronics, I mean, you know, all the electric windows and safety and not, well, I won't yeah. say too much of the safety, but, you know, the leather, you know, there was luxury to refinement, get it. Yeah. Refinement. But the 930 Turbo then, that was never released to be as a daily driver, I would have thought. No one I would have thought. Well, no, I, I don't think we can say that because any new car that they build, if it's for the road, is a daily driver. A brand new car. So when the first, you know, 330 GT came out or the first 250 short wheelbase, People were using them as daily drivers because that was their new car. Yeah. yeah. So we look at them now and think they're not, uh, you know. How do you drive that every day? Yeah. It's just that it's hard to go from a car that, you know, as a daily driver that has got power steering and then go in a car for a daily driver that hasn't got power steering. You know, you don't want to go backwards in that regard. But you look at, let's look at our three Ferraris. 
let's just compare these three Ferraris. The 308 GD4 Dino, the 456 GT, and the 360 Modena. Two of those cars could be daily drivers. The Easily. 456, definitely. The 456 and the 360. Right. I don't know if the 360 actually is a daily driver. It, 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 it can, it's, mate, usability friendly. I agree. And they say it, it is a, you know, you can, I don't know that owning it now, could I drive it every day? I don't know. The 456, like I said, if you need to take people in the back, you can. You've got a, a bigger boot space. The 360 hasn't. The Dino has got a little bit of a boot space. Yeah. The 360 hasn't. It's got that little thing at the front. You're really not going to put much in there. So that's what I'm saying. I look at a daily driver that, you know, is usability too and, you know, is accommodating to what I'm going to do during my day. Those two cars that you got, it's like, they, they were built, I see exactly what you're saying about Enzo, they were built to be used every day. Absolutely. Yeah, I think with the daily drivers, you don't want to lose the enjoyment. So if you've, you know, like your 360 or the 456, as soon as you drive one for daily driving, it means that you've got to get to a certain spot by a certain time, you've got to go to work, you've got to park the car. Whereas when we go for our drives now in our Sunday cars or whatever, you, you know, the... Yep, yep. Is you look forward to driving it. There's no hurry to whether you get to your coffee on time or things like that. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, a great example, when I had the Maserati 3200 GT, that was my everyday car. It was my company car. I bought it as my company car. I drove it every day. Now, for the first three months, I was like a kid in a candy store. Then by month four, month, it was just a normal car, right? Just getting... I actually lost a little bit. Loved sure. the car. But it was just became something that I was used to. It just became normal. And right? I suppose, you know, having that as a daily driver, after a period of time, you get a little scratch on it, something happens, yeah. you get annoyed with it, you know. 100%. You know, whereas, you know, we look at our non-daily drivers, you're making sure they clean before you go out, you're making 100%. sure what you're doing, where you park them. You take them a little bit for granted if you use them every day. That's right. In my that's opinion, what that's what I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Right? And I think so... That's where I think, you know, we go back to the technology question. I think the new ones, with all the technology, are to be used every day because there's so much going on in those cars. You can't get bored, I suppose. And that's why there's so many different features. Well, yeah. the old ones maybe are more simple and you need to, you know, appreciate them for what they are. But, you know, if we look at the modern Ferrari, like the 458, 488, the, the thing is to be able to get the same sort of driving experience in that car compared to the old school ones, you've got to – it's the, the limit's so high. Yeah. So to get the enjoyment around, you know, the hills, you've got to be breaking the speed limit by a fair bit. Whereas in an older car, you can be within the speed limit and having a great time. And loving it. And loving yeah, it, you absolutely. know. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. there was a clip I saw on uh, YouTube the other day where they had the part of the Nuremberg ring. They had 2018 and uh, I think – 1978 or 80 they had the Porsches going round they going slower all bunched up in the same sort of group some are sliding whereas the new cars are doing it so good cutting the corners everything you know but you know saying well, these ones are faster but which one's more fun exactly right no I think like you said the slower one the old school one would be more fun for me so the only time I think that relatively it would be similar amount of fun is if you're on the track and you're actually racing against other cars. So if you're in a historic race with comparable cars or you're in, you know, the Porsche Cup with comparable cars, yeah. then relatively I think that would be similar. So that, that the Goodwood Revival, 
that yes, they do. I love that. It, that's a period. So it's your period you race in. Like, is it a ten-year period? How do they actually? Oh, I'm not marry, sure how like they, they do the Ferraris, that. the Porsches, the Aston Martins of that period that race together to make it. I think More that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the open wheelers. You've got the you know. But you've got it's the, that period. Yeah. Right? So that, you that might have ten year a, gap or whatever it is. Yeah. Two fifty short wheelbase against a Jag against the equivalent Ford or you know Fantastic. amazing stuff. Yeah, but I'd love so to see that. on the track might be a different story of how you know the experience that you feel. Yeah. You know, um, but it's it's interesting with these well, cars. Yeah. Let's go back to you know. Let's say you say the track, and it just brings me to about speed because track is speed, right? So let's go back to those early Ferraris. And you look at some of the times they were doing. They weren't overly quick. They were no. quick for the time they were doing them I mean, in the 50s and 60s. Absolutely. But you look now, cars are doing 0 to 102.9 seconds, 2.7 seconds. Oh, it's go, ridiculous. It's ridiculous, yeah, yeah. right? To think that – so which one's more fun? I, I think the old one that you're driving to get it up there because it was never – it was built for speed, but not these speed barriers that we're crashing – how much we keep saying it? Every new Ferrari comes out, point one of a second goes off, point one, point two. How much quicker can they get? How much more technology can they put in there? How can they keep improving these cars to such an, a limit that when's enough enough? Well, it's never, and that and that's why you know we'll end up having driverless cars, and we might be like the the old Jetsons, which you know the little flying saucers will be our cars. But no, but that's that. But I'm saying as a speed, when's enough enough? What do you want to get? Zero to hundred in a second. I don't get it. Where is it? Well, 0.5 of a second. You won't even notice. You know what I'm saying? Where does it stop? We're at 2 points. I think 2.3 or 2.2. That's, is that's that, quick, isn't it? 2.2 seconds? Yeah, that's quick. That's extremely quick. So hence what I'm saying. We're going to break two seconds. We'll definitely break two seconds, right? Someone's going to break two seconds. So, mate. Yeah, it is, look. It's, that's what I say. I don't know if I agree with that. That side of it, I mean, I agree with it. It's great. It's development. It's yeah. It's evolution, right? But you know, For that's me, what sells cars. I mean, you know, when uh, you know they talk about winning races on the weekend on Sunday, you, you sell cars on Monday. It's no different. They bring out a car. They'll quote the naught to a hundred or not to sixty miles an hour time all the time, and it's as quick as or quicker than you know. But really, it doesn't matter. Doesn't so the matter. McLaren, the Pista, the you know Lamborghini, they're all around the same sort of the Tesla now. You know, whatever, yeah. even quicker. But really, does it matter? It doesn't, but that was all the same, you know, in the fifties or sixties, when Ferrari brought theirs out. There's always, you know, road and track had always comparisons between the equivalent Lamborghini, Porsche, uh, Ferrari, Maserati. Yeah, it was always so. Whether it's six second quarter mile or two second, it's of that era, whatever it is. Yeah. So, you know, you know, someone does 5.9 and someone does 6, because, oh, that's the 5.9 is a better car. But mind you, the different drivers will make it a difference as well. Very good point. And I was about to say that. So hang on. You and I get into a car, new technology car that does, you know, sub three seconds. We, we standing flat, are going to be able to much probably get close to doing that. Correct. I want to get you in an old school car that should be doing it in, say, six seconds. And see if you can do it in six that's seconds. That's right. And that's the difference. Because there's that's nothing helping you do it. No. Where in the, the new car, there's all this technology helping you yeah. do it. That's my so, argument. So in the new car that you take off and it's due to do three-second quarter mile, or three-second naught to 60, you put your foot, foot down, it'll work out when to you know, take off. As long off. as you can keep your yeah. hands on those steering wheels straight, Mick. Whereas in the old school, you'd have to rev it to get the tyres 
to spin off the wheels. Yep. And if you spin too much, you're just standing still. Yep. So to get the naught to 60 times, it's it's a completely different. And that's why I think I, that sums it up for me, Mick. And I agree. You know, in a new car, we can put it, put our foot flat, take off, and we'll we'll get to the close close to the times. Yeah. You know, old school car, you need to drive them. Yep. I think that's that's it. That's the sum sums it up for me. And so the um, the result of this is. We love our old school cars. That's why we're classics. Yeah, yeah. no, we're all about classics. Yeah, no. and that's, that's why the 930 Turbo did something for me compared to just the, yeah. the normal brand new ones, you know. 100%. I mean, and we're saying classics. I mean, 20 years old, 30 years old. Oregon, would you say the last 10 years is when real technology, uh, technological advance, there's so much going on, like the new McLarens that we, we drove recently and the new Lamborghinis have got so much stuff, even the new Ferraris we drove actually. I've got so much stuff in there. I think it's been the last 10 years that that's really happened. Because 360, actually 360 to 430, we go to the Manatino, the steering wheel, things are happening, all taken from Formula One, of course. That's, I reckon, 360 is probably the last of the real basic rawness. Yeah, I'd go the next step further and say, in terms of Ferrari, is the 430. Because I think the big change was the dual clutch. Yeah, so from 430 to 458. Yeah, so the 458, the dual clutches in the cars. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay. So that's know, 2010. 2010. So we're talking 10, 11, 11 years, years yep. ago. Yep. And I, I suspect that, you know, the McLaren would have been similar. Same with the, uh, you know, the Lamborghini and things like that. So, oh, fantastic. But anyway. We're going to leave it there, Ori. It was oh, thanks, uh, mate. Yeah, it was, it's, it's good chatting about, especially these old school cars. But anyway. You can catch us on the show at mickandori at gmail.com and likewise look at our Instagram page and our YouTube. Um, But we're going to leave it there. So remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.